0: An uh, eventful and exciting week, but no matter how eventful and how exciting it was, it probably was not as exciting as the week that our pastor, Pastor Dan, had, who was <laughs> engaged. This uh, became engaged this week. Yes. Um, so congratulations to Dan. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> wow. Thank you. And to the bride to be, she looks familiar. Is that someone that we know? Yes. Kayla. She's right. part of the worship band too, Kayla Delzer. And uh, um, she ran off with my kiddos already. So uh, she's an amazing Well, Jeffy. she sounds great. She <laughs> took the kids for you. So that's. that's yep. Awesome. And I caught her in a weak moment and she said yes. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. Good timing. <laughs> All right, let's sing. We would love as we begin worship for you to greet each other with a high five as we begin worship before you sit down. Can we do that? And you may be seated. We are so thankful to have all of you here today. And uh, we'd love for you to do something crazy as we begin. We'd love for you to pull out your smartphones and to check in on Facebook or on Instagram. For every six check-ins during the month of October, we are partnering with an organization called Compassion International. For every six check-ins that we do, they will provide a day of care for a child around the world. So every month, our check-ins make a huge difference. And we would love for you to partner with us even during worship, to make a difference in the world, but especially the rest of the week. This is just an hour of your time today, and we, we hope this is a chance for you to connect with God. Um, but after you go out from here, connect with us on Facebook. Daily, we're, we're putting out scripture and other inspirational things to help equip you for the rest of your, your lives that you're living. Um, but there's a number of things uh, in your bulletin. First of all, it's crazy. Uh, um, last week, We've been going through this Prayer 101 um, sermon series. And uh, last week, someone was listening to me, and I said my least favorite Halloween candy is candy corn. And it's Pastor Appreciation Month. And uh, someone gave me a card and gave me candy corn. Thanks, everyone. <laughs> so I've been handing it out to everyone. Like, hey, God loves you. Here's Candy Cane. It was, they just were listening. It was so fun. But uh, I appreciate all of you. And I am, it's such a gift to be your pastor. And uh, it, is, it has been such a fun uh, five months here already serving God. But inside your bulletins, there's some ways that you can make an impact. Um, in, uh, in November, we have a food pack where we are going to be packing 25,000 meals after worship right here. There's more information. We've done this a few years in a row. We'd love for you to be a part of this, it, and it's for people of all ages. I've been a part of a food pack where my little girl was three years old. And she was helping do that. Your little kids can do it up to uh, whatever. If you're 95 years old, we'd love for you to, have, to be a part of this. So check that out, and there's a number of other things as well. So take those bulletins home with you, um, and, and we hope you'll be able to connect with us through those. Um, but in a few moments, we are going to worship God with our gifts of tithes and offerings. Your presence here is a gift for us. We believe you're an offering to us, that God's given you as a gift. So if you are brand new here, on your way out, we'd love for you to stop by the welcome desk, and we'll give you just a small gift in way of saying thank you for being here. Um, but because of what you give to Living Waters, you help us make an impact outside of these walls. We partner with organizations like the New Life Center, um, who, uh, who helps, helps people get back on their feet. And uh, so things like that, or... Um, you know, the emergency, emergency Food Pantry or the YWCA. We partner with them to help, to help invest in them and to help serve there in the Ronald McDonald House. These are the ways your, your uh, offerings help us do that. And it also helps us do things like baptisms, where little Brindley is going to get claimed by God forever today. Um, so we'll be able to be a part of that. But let's take some time during this offering. I know you just have busy lives just to spend time in prayer, knowing God's listening. Just lift up whatever your hearts during this uh, offering as, uh, as we are able to just listen to some music too. Those are the cutest ushers ever, right? (laughs) Can we pray together? God, thank you so much for this moment, for this time, for these people. And we pray for these offerings that we're giving back to you. We pray you'll be blessed. So God, as you meet us here, help us to praise you with everything we have. And all God's people said, amen. And with that, Friendly, we need you to come up. Oh, you can bring mom and dad, too. Tina and Josh, if you want to come up, and your, your uh, sponsors as well, and we'll gather and, and face the congregation in a half circle here. In baptism, our gracious Heavenly Father frees us from sin and death by joining us to the death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. All of us are born children of a fallen humanity, but by water and the Holy Spirit, we are reborn children of God and we're made members of the church, which is the body of Christ. So living with Christ and in the community of saints, we grow in faith, love, and In obedience to the will of God. So sponsors, who is presented for baptism today? Well, called by the Holy Spirit, trusting in the grace and love of God. Josh and Tina, do you desire to have Brinley baptized into Christ? If so, answer together, we do. Well, as you bring her to receive this gift of baptism, you're entrusted with some responsibilities to live with her among God's faithful people to bring her to the Word of God, to the Holy Supper, to teach her the Lord's Prayer, the Creed, the Ten Commandments, to place in her hands the Holy Scriptures, that's the Bible, and to nurture her in faith and prayer, so that Brindley may learn to trust God, proclaim Christ through word and deed, to care for others in the world God made, and to work for justice and peace. So as her parents do you promise to help her grow in the Christian faith and life, if so, answer together, we do and sponsors, do you promise to support her as well in the Christian faith as you are empowered by God's Spirit and to help Brinley live in the covenant of baptism and in communion, that's in relationship with the church? If so, answer together, we we do. People of God, you are a part of this as well. I invite you to stand as you are able. Do you promise to support Brindley and to pray for her in her new life in Christ? If so, answer together, we do. And now I ask you to profess your faith in Christ Jesus, to reject sin and to confess the faith of the church. That's the faith in which we baptize today. Do you renounce the devil and all the forces that defy God? Do you renounce the powers of this world that rebel against God? And you renounce the ways of sin that draw you personally from God? Do you believe in God the Father? I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. Do you believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of God? I believe in Jesus Christ, the only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. And I was trying to give people wild signals like a third base uh, umpire but, uh, coach, but uh, somehow I think I need water. Oh, it is here. Phew. I was a little worried that. I'm like, we, we need to baptizer, but we need water. I'm just blind, that's all. Let us pray. Holy God, pour out your Holy Spirit now so that all who are baptized may be given new life Wash away the sin of all those who are cleansed by water and bring them forth as inheritors of your glorious kingdom, especially Brinley today. To you be given praise and honor and worship through your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, now and forever. Amen. And I will take Brinley, if I may. And I get to baptize her. Friendly Eve, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, oh, and of the Holy Spirit. I know, when God claims you, it's kind of scary sometimes, isn't it? It's okay. Whew. He still claims you, even if you cry. Oh, let us pray. We give you thanks, O oh God, that through water, through the Holy Spirit, you give all your daughters and sons new birth. You cleanse them from sin and you raise them to eternal life. Sustain Brindley now with the gift of your Holy Spirit, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and fear of the Lord, the spirit of joy in your presence, both now and forever. Amen. Brindley Eve, child of God, you've been sealed by the Holy Spirit, marked with the cross of Christ forever. And at this point, Matt, we light from the Christ candle. Jesus said, Let your light so shine before others so that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. She just wanted to seed all this. That's what, that's what it really was about. And she knows Mom and Dad's right there. <laughs> but Mom and Dad, you probably know this, but uh, she's no longer yours. She is such a gift, but she's God's now. And you are stewards, you're keepers of such an amazing gift with strong lungs. <laughs> And with this, I would love for you to celebrate with your applause. Our new sister in Christ. That's for you. Hey. And you know, right now in heaven, the applause is even huger. God is so thankful and, and has been for Brinley. But I would love for us to sing Jesus Loves Me um, in honor of her, but for all of us as well. Let's sing Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. Brindley, you're awesome. And I'm going to invite all of you to come on down. You can blow out the, the baptismal candle. Yeah, Brindley's light is always there. Um, there are gifts from the congregation, including a blanket that's been lovingly made, but you can come on down. Thanks for letting us share in this. She is a gift. Look how, look how satisfied she is now. Yeah. Like, yep, I'm claimed by God just, forever. It's, it's cool. On, yep, right? she sure does. Yeah. Mm. You. You're welcome. Okay. Thanks, guys. With that, I invite all of you to stand. We stand to honor God, and we're going to hear his truth in one of the four accounts of his life. This is from the Gospel of John. And we've been in the middle of a sermon series here at Living Water. So if you've been connected with us, you know we're in Prayer 101. And we've been talking about what prayer is, and is God impacted? What happens when our prayers aren't answered? And now today, it's a key, pivotal one. It's how does prayer itself work? And we're going to a key, pivotal time in Jesus' life, the very last night before he faces the cross, and he knows it. So in this, he is focusing on, I think, a few things that will help us reveal God's hope for us and maybe reshape our prayer lives. But I'd like for you to do this. Um, as you're listening, he has one word that he says again and again and again, and it's abide. So I would love as you hear this, I'd love for you to nudge someone, just elbow him. Don't do it hard, okay? We're, we're loving each other here. But I wanna, want you to pay attention to this word specifically and count how many times that Jesus actually says it in just a few short things that he's, he's saying to the disciples at the end. So let's hear what, what God is revealing to us in John chapter 15. Jesus said, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes to make it bear more fruit. You have already been cleansed by the word that I've spoken to you. Abide in me. As I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit, because apart from me you can do nothing. Whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers. Such branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, Ask for whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. I have said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. This is my commandment. That you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So how many times did Jesus talk about this word abide? Eleven. No one got hurt during it, right? Good, good, that's a good answer. But there's something huge that's happening here, and we don't use the word abide very much, right? I mean, I don't call a buddy and I'm like, hey, hey, it's been a while. You want, to, uh, you want to abide at Brutus Brick House for a little bit? You know? I don't say that, and I don't, I don't say to my kiddos, I'm like, hey, we should just abide at the playground. That'll be really, really cool. But Jesus keeps talking about this word, and I think it's an essential one as we talk about what it means to pray. And as we talk about what does it mean to be connected together and with God and what God's hope is for us. That God actually has a hope for each one of you and for me today. And it all has to do with this word, I I think, abide. But what would you do if you knew that today was your very last day on earth? Who would you spend it with? What would you talk about? where would you go? I mean, we don't know how long we have to live, right? We just don't. We don't know if it's today. We don't know if it's next week. We, we hope and pray for all of us it's a long time from now. But we don't know. I had the gift of, of being the pastor to officiate for a man, a faith-filled man that had had a long, full life, 105 years. His name was Harry Dristy, and he was survived by his older sister who was 107 and was able to be at his funeral service. That is crazy. But then my second funeral as a pastor was with stillborn twins. And that was much different. That I was called and I had to go up to the hospital room. And all I could do do was cry with them and pray and listen and and cry some more we don't know how much time we have but when Jesus talks when Jesus in this one you just heard he knows he knows that it's his last night before he faces the cross and so he he's very specific with what he's telling the disciples cuz he knows this is this is going to change everything not only for him, but for them. And whenever in my Bible, I don't know if if you've noticed this, but in a lot of our Bibles, you'll see certain words that are in red. They're called red letters, and that's when Jesus talks. So when Jesus talks, I I pay closer attention to those things. You know, Andy Stanley was a pastor. He said this. He said, hey, if someone could predict his death and predict that he'll come back on the third day and does it, you kind of want to listen to what he's saying. And that's what I kind of take heart here. He's the Savior. People who follow Jesus, that's what we kind of cling to. So when I see those red words, those red letters, I pay closer attention. And especially this time, because he knows that these are his last moments. So who does Jesus choose to spend time with in the last 24 hours? He chooses to share a meal with those 12 people amazing friends of his, those 12 disciples, the men that he'd called to follow him for three years. Now they'd watched him. They'd heard and listened to him speak about the kingdom of heaven. He turned everything on its ear and they saw him do miracle after miracle after miracle. And then it's been three years now and now he, he does something bizarre and incredible. And the way he does this is something that's that is, is pretty profound, but we miss it pretty easily. He teaches them the Lord's Supper, first of all, which we'll celebrate in just a little while. But then he does something even crazier. He talks about this, this new commandment, to love one another. And then he does this. He comes up to each disciple, he comes up to, to them, and he does something that was only reserved for the lowest servant, the lowest slave. It was to wash their feet. And he washes all 24 feet. All 12 pairs of these men. But I just think about what he's thinking when he's coming to everyone's feet. I mean, he knows what's going to happen that night. And so as he comes to, to someone's feet, he's washing them and he's doing something. It's, it's really intimate and humbling. And as he does it, I, I think he's thinking, these feet, these are going to take this person to a place that I'm not. They're going to run. And he washes their feet anyway. Then he comes up to the next disciple, his friend. And he's washing those feet, and he realizes these feet, they're also going to be nowhere near me. They're going to run away too. Then he comes up to the next feet, and he washes them, and he, he realizes these feet are the feet of someone who will take him to a courtyard and deny that he even knows him three and he still loves him and still washes his feet. Then he comes up to the next feet and he's washing them and he's thinking, these feet, these feet are going to take him to Roman soldiers who will arrest me, beat me, and kill me. He washes all of them. Now, I don't know about you, but that's impossible for me to imagine. And that's the kind of love that he's saying. That's the love I want you to have for others. That's the kind of connection I want you to have with me and with others. And it talks about, he talks about this word abide in the middle of all of this in these last moments. Eleven times he talks about it. So what does abide mean? Well, abiding is like dwelling in. Like living in, growing in, getting fuller in. That's what abiding is. So he's continuing to say, I want to to live in you. I want to grow in you. I want to make a house in you, and it's going to be amazing and beautiful and full. That's what I want when he says abide, and I want you to abide in me, this close connection. We're clipped together. We're going to live, and it's going to be fuller. It's going to be brand new. That's what abiding is. And he can't stop talking about it. But this imagery that he has is so powerful. And this is what's going to reshape us together today. He says, I am the true... Oh, you guys can read. That is so awesome. I am the true... And my father is the vine grower. So he's saying as he talks, starts talking about us living and clicking and connecting, he says he is the vine. And there's only one that can grow this vine. There's only one gardener that's a superstar, and who is it? It's God the Father. So Jesus is saying, I came so that we could be connected. He's the vine, and that makes us, he tells the disciples, the branches. I'm the vine, you are the branches, and God sent me so that we could grow together. We're going to abide together. Now, I'm not a gardener. In fact, if I had a super ability, it would be to kill every single plant. I'm like the human equivalent of Roundup. And it's awesome. It's not so awesome if I'm trying to grow something, though. And what Jesus is saying, you are like Roundup if you don't have the vine grower. If you're trying to do something in your life and you don't have God blessing it, God is the one who gives us every single thing. He's the vine grower. And if you are actually branches, think about this, the only way you can grow is through God. And then I start to wonder, when I'm praying and asking for things, if I'm trying to connect with God, when I'm asking for something that God, the vine grower, says it's not for you, it's going to wither and die. It's going to round up because that's my super ability and that's yours in our just kind of self-centered ways. It's just reality. But the hard thing is, God says, I'm going to abide in you. I'm going to dwell in you. I'm going to grow in you in a specific way. Did you catch this? gardeners know this what do you have to do for a plant to be able to grow really well you need water of course um by the way that baptism we used some water didn't we for brinley that's interesting and then sometimes you need you need that sunlight you need the warmth and the light and that's why we light from the christ candle say the light of god is in brinley it's in all of us but then god god does something else that's a little more challenging Did you catch what he says about these branches? What does God do with them? Prunes them. Now, as we've been talking about, Jesus himself says when you pray, be persistent. Keep praying. And if you keep praying, that door's going to open. Now, it may not be in the way you hope for, but he is listening. He's going to be impacted. He's going to answer. Keep praying praying, be persistent about it. But sometimes I think in life, we think if the prayer doesn't come our way, it must be because God isn't blessing us, that God doesn't want to abide in us. We must have done something wrong. Maybe we weren't good enough. Maybe we didn't attend church on enough Sundays or even Wednesday nights. Or maybe Wednesday nights are evil. Or maybe your pastor wears ties and most of the time bow ties, and that was the evil thing. You don't know. Are we doing it the right way? That's not what Jesus talks about at all. It is nothing do with what we do. It's all on God and what he did on the cross. But when our prayers don't go our way, maybe it's because God is pruning us. And what I wonder is in the painful times of my life, in the times I thought life should go this way, and it didn't, I wonder if God, as I look back, was pruning me, was helping me only rely on Him, help Him realize life can only be through me. Because He wants to abide, to grow, to live in me and, and in you. So pruning and pain, it's not a bad thing. But how does prayer work? Sometimes it's answered, sometimes it's not. How is this connection? I think it has to do with what God's goal is for each one of us. And here it is. It's just a three-letter word, and it's amazing. He says what his purpose is for us. He said, I have said all these things, not just the things now that he's focusing on in his last moments with the disciples, but actually for the whole three years. He says, I have said these things to you so that my joy may be in you, may abide in you, may dwell in you, may grow in you, and so that your joy may be complete. Now, this is crazy. We have a new puppy. He's a golden doodle, and I kid you not, this is how the puppy walks most of the time. And he slams into walls and stuff, and I know this might be a little too adult, but I'm always talking to Kayla, my fiance. I'm like, Kayla, did you give him tequila this morning? It's awkward. He just, I'm like, stop, stop. He doesn't have a fake ID or anything, but he seems kind of drunk to me a lot. But he is a happy little puppy. And the other day in that huge snowstorm where we had seven feet of snow, this is how I remembered it, seven feet of snow. It was below zero and it was crazy. It was blowing, okay, I know it wasn't that bad, but there was a lot of snow, right? And it was cold and I had to take the puppy out. Goff has never experienced snow before. So this little puppy, I get him outside and I'm freezing. And he's like, <laughs> and he's he's like tasting the snow, and he's picking up and throwing the snow, and I'm like, go pee. And he looks at me and then he dances around. And he finds a puddle and he rolls it, and then he shakes the cold, freezing water all over me. And then he finds like some mud and he rolls around in that. He is loving life, and the whole time I'm like, go pee. I'm freezing. Go pee. I don't have any insulation up here. Stop this. Come on. And he is in his glory. I have said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Same situation. We're both in a cold snowstorm. My puppy's loving life and I'm miserable. Isn't that the same thing with our faith? that our faith and our connection with God reminds us in cold, crazy snowstorms of life, in the times that prayers don't seem answered, we can still have joy. We can have the joy to know that God is with us, that God blesses us, that God gives us little ones and God gives us homes and God gives us the ability to weather the storms and that he is dwelling in us and growing in us. It's amazing that one person can take the same situation and it crushes them. And another person is jumping through the puddles of those storms. God wants His joy to be in us. And that's different than happiness. But how does it work if His goal is to abide in us, to dwell in us, for His joy to be in us? How does prayer work then? Well, he has a new commandment. Did you catch that? So so I give you a new commandment. These are his last words. That you love one another as I have loved you. His new commandment is love. Now, you can focus on church attendance, but that's not what God is focusing on. You can focus on how much you give if you tithe or don't, but that's not what God is focusing on. You can focus on how you're dressed or how you aren't. You can focus on how you're doing your job and how you're not. Those are all important things, but the whole barometer that Jesus is focusing on is not something that is like a checklist. God is focusing on love. And he's focusing on his love for you. Why do we do these things? Why do we go to church and to worship? Because it helps us hear about God's love it reminds us that we desperately need him as the vine grower. Why do we pray to God? Because we have things on our hearts and God also desperately wants to connect with you. Why do we give to a place like living waters Well, we're giving back to God who blesses us in everything and to trust in him? Why do we serve God outside? Because it's because of love. We don't know how much time we have left. We don't know if we have days or weeks or months. There's a website called deathclock.com. So if you check that out, it's been predicting the demise of others since 2006. It actually you plug in your age, you plug in your BMI, you say whether you smoke or not, and you put all those things in, and then you press enter and it tells you exactly when you're gonna die. I know some of you are going on your smartphones right now, you're like, That's enough, Pastor Dan, I'm gonna find out. I plugged it in and I have thirty nine more years. I told Kayla, I'm like, You're stuck with me for a long time. <laughs> but honestly, it it doesn't know. What would you do if you had Just 24 hours to live. Who would you spend time with? What would you say? What would you do? The truth is, this is the moment God's blessing you with right now. This is the only breath you're given right now. This is the day that's the only one that's guaranteed right now and if what's most important the very end for us if that's the most essential then today is the day that we need to start focusing on that we need to start prioritizing that and if god is the one that needs to be the focus at the very end god is the one we need to focus on right now who will you spend time with well the people that god has called you to love what are you going to say to them you're going to say essential things You're going to tell them things like, I love you. I'm guessing in your last hours, if you knew it was your last time, you're probably not going to share a lot about the weather. You're probably not going to share a lot about the Green Bay Packers, though you should. You're probably not going to spend a lot of time on politics. You're probably not going to spend a lot of time talking about your bank account. What are you going to share? You're going to share love. My grandpa is one of many that I've looked up to, but I got the gift to be with him in his last moments. And I got the call. I lived nine hours away from my hometown, and they said he's in those last times. So I drove as fast as I could, and by the time I got there, all my family had been gathered around and had been able to share with him those essential words. And they didn't talk about any of the other stuff. They talked about love. And what they got to hear from him is, I love you. By the time I got there, he wasn't talking anymore. I was heartbroken. So I came in. I said, Grandpa, I'm here. And I grabbed his hand, and he he just kind of moaned a little bit. And then he took my hand, and he slowly brought it to his lips, and he kissed it. I didn't need to hear the words. I knew he he heard me, and he, he loved me. Our prayer is like that. We ask God for things, we connect with God, and we may not hear the words, but God is whispering to you today, I love you. Let's go out from here and do the same for others. How does prayer work? The Pope has said it best. Pope Francis said, you pray for the hungry, then you feed them. You pray for them, then you do it. That is how it works. You pray for them, and then you love them. You love God, and then you love others. That's what we're called to do, to be connected, to abide, and to go out from there, and to change the world, and to help others know God is for them too. That could change everything. May you know a guide, a God that abides in you, that loves you, and is calling you to do the same. That's how prayer works. Amen. Let's pray. God, you are so good. Thank you for the gift of these people. People who I know desperately want to connect with you. I know we have doubts. I know we screw up. There's so many ways we disconnect from you. But God, help us to realize that you want to just dwell in us. That it's nothing more than that, but it's so incredibly life-changing. So help us connect with you and help us to love you and love others as you've called us to do. And for that to reshape everything. And all God's people said, Amen.
1: Will you stand and worship with us? Thank you.
0: so grateful for your presence today and now we get that chance a holy time to be able to lift up prayers of God's people that's you and me and some of us have have put prayer requests down in those baskets and there are other ones that we lift up as a community so let's just come to God together let's pray God as we come to you right now remind us just how much you pursue us how much you love us how you desperately just want to listen, to hear us calling out to you. And even more desperately, you come to dwell in us each and every day, to abide in us, to grow in us, to prune those things that are painful and hard and don't carry life, so that we can only rely on you. So God, help us to go out from here looking for you, seeking you out. And helping others know through our words and actions that you are present with them as well. We pray for this church that it can be a place that equips others, and it can be a place that people see you. And we lift up people that are hurting in so many significant ways. God, we pray for Brian as he continues to recover from that surgery to remove that tumor, that you'll continue to heal and gain strength. We pray for Scott as he continues to recover from that emergency open heart surgery. Be especially with our doctors and staff. And God, for those that are aching and grieving someone that they've lost, we pray that they can know that you're there. We pray for the family, especially of Vicki Westra, for Rick, for for Nolan and Colton. We pray that they can hear your resurrection hope. But God, be with us and help us to know you today. And all God's people said, Amen. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread and gave thanks, broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. And again, after supper, he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is a New Testament, and my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, And I invite those who are helping to serve to come forward, and as they do, I just, I, I'm so thankful to be able to tell you that you are all welcome here today, that today is a, a chance that we share a meal together, and it's one of grace. It's unconditional love. And so that means you are all welcome here, whether you're a member of Living Waters or not, you are welcome. If you don't have your life together, you're welcome here. If you have some doubts, you're welcome here, because it's God's love that we celebrate. All of the bread is gluten-free, so you don't have to worry about that if you have any kind of allergy. There's wine and juice, and in the middle of all that, you're going to hear some profound words of love and life. His body given for you, his blood shed for you, and that means he's whispering to you what? I love you. I died for you. I want to connect with you. That's something we can celebrate today, and you're all welcome here. If you, want a, if you want children to have a special blessing that aren't being served, bring them to the middle, and I'll give them that as well today. We want to say thank you for being here with us today. We hope it's been a way for you to connect with God over this time. But have a great rest of your day and week. Connect with us on Facebook, if you would. And if you're loving what's going on, we'd love for you to give us a great review on Facebook. People read that and it helps them connect with Jesus and maybe even check us out, which this is what we're hoping to do, connect others with God. Um, And come back. Come uh, next week as we conclude this series. And what we're ending on is when's the best time to pray? Are there certain ways when you can connect with God more than others? And how does that work? We'd love for you to come back for that and to praise God with us. With that, go in peace, serve the Lord. Thanks be to God. Have a great day.